This podcast aims to help you break in and thrive in advertising. And we do that by sharing the stories and advice of those on the other side. Today, we hear from Kayla Griffiths, AKA the Strategic Change Agent. Kayla by day is a strategic planner at Tracy Locke in Dallas. In addition, Kayla serves as a DE&I consultant for organizations that wish to create more creative and diverse work and work environments by night. A recent graduate of the Master's in Advertising program at Southern Methodist University, we learn how Kayla broke into advertising, found her calling, and established her voice in the industry. She is a forever curious strategist who wants to make the ad world more colorful, something we can all get behind. And you can connect with Kayla, but I want to shed some light on Chicago Portfolio School before I tell you how. You might know Chicago Portfolio School as a one-year creative portfolio school designed to help you get creative roles in advertising, but there is actually something called the Pipeline Fund. In an industry where companies try hard to reach out and connect with people, inclusion and, and, and diversity are profoundly lacking. Only 2% of the advertising and design creative communities identify as black. So the Pipeline Fund offers full tuition support for black creatives to help them achieve their career goals in advertising, design, and marketing communication. While attending the Chicago, Chicago Portfolio School, Scholars receive career counseling, peer mentoring, and job placement assistance. So to learn more, donate, or apply, visit thepipelinefund.org or message me directly, and I'll be happy to talk with you about it. And now back to Kayla. You can connect with her by listening how at the end of the episode, or if you want to skip that, you can go to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod, all one word at Breaking and Entering Pod. Also, a little secret here. Every single guest will list out resources that they recommend for you to get an edge on your break-in game. So her resources are listed out at the Instagram page along with all 99 plus other guests. So go check that out. Now, on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. And as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberg. Kick it, Mikey. All right. Kayla Griffiths, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. I know you're super busy right now, so I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yes. So, Kayla, we're going to be talking about you today, and there's a lot to talk about and how you broke into advertising and your advice and all the knowledge that you have we want to give to our aspiring advertising audience because you are a strategic planner at Tracy Locke, along with a couple other side projects that you have going on, along with a master's degree that you earned. So there's a lot to uncover, but tell us what you do. Who are you, Kayla Griffiths? Yes. Well, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, yeah, who I am, I that's a loaded question, but also at the same time, um, I love... Yeah, I love uh, just 
you know, just being super just curious in my personal life and in my professional life. And I think as a strategic planner at my job, that's one of the main advantages that I have. So I'm always asking questions. I'm always asking the why, like, why this? Why that? Why do we have this? And how can we always um, improve and just make sure they're always growing and moving forward? So yeah, I'm just a forever curious person. And mm -hmm. um, I just love being able to talk to people, figuring out uh, why people do the things that they do and figuring out why, you know, people will say one thing, but then do another. So it's just something I've always loved. And my mm -hmm. job is something that allows me to do that every day. And I couldn't be more grateful for I it. I do. I mean, I do that all the time. I buy something and I freak out or <laughs> I freak out before I buy it. And then I think I won't freak out and I do. So yeah. that mm -hmm. what is that called? Cognitive dissonance. Yes. Yes. We learned that some <laughs> at some point in college and mm -hmm. I remember a little bit, but um, so you're curious about that. I think that's what a good um, strategic planner, any mm -hmm. strategist, it needs to be at the core is your curiosity about people, what motivates people, why they do the things they do. And people are not rational. We know that, you know, mm -hmm. you know, decisions are made we're human it, we don't think a lot sometimes when we're going to buy things so I, i'm always interested in that even though i don't do that for a living but yeah so tell me what um what is your role exactly as a strategic uh, planner at tracy lock and what's it like working there yeah, no. So yeah, there's just so many different names for what I do. Strategic planner, a strategist, just sure. a planner. It's just, it's all over the place. But yeah, so what I do most of the time is research. So I will get an ask from a client and they'll be like, hey, we want to learn more about this audience that we're trying to talk to, to sell this product. Can you help us? Can you help us find that cultural insight that we're really looking for? That's really going to hit home and allow mm -hmm. us to be relevant and relatable to the audience that we're trying to sell to and talk to. So that's most of my day just researching and it could be anything from a simple Google search. I could do social listening and just be on Instagram mm -hmm. and Twitter um, and just see what people are saying and, you know, just figuring out exactly like what is the POV from the consumer and how do they feel about this product or this brand in general? And then I'll come back and compile all of those findings into a deck. And then I'll present those findings to the creative team, to the account teams, and just talk to the agency in general and kind of get their POVs on what I've presented. And then we'll move forward and figure things out of how we can implement this into a creative idea and then present it to the client and then they'll go for it. Simple. It sounds simple, but it's, I'm sure it's very difficult. And it takes that curiosity. It takes that research. Um, I always loved in-depth interviews, as you can tell by the podcast. I love talking with people, uh, focus groups. I don't know if those are still a thing anymore. And, but there oh, yeah. are agencies that do research separately that mm -hmm. agencies work with. But it's great that you're doing that yourself. And as a, because that just directly, because good strategy directly impacts creative, the creative department. It makes it better. That's yeah. the goal. No, yeah, that is always the goal. And even in my experience and early on in my career, it's sometimes been like if there are things that kind of take priority and like kind of like schedules and timelines are a little rushed, sometimes strategy can get um, a little siloed. And sure. sometimes the creative will be the main portion that we're focusing on and strategy is backed into creative instead mm -hmm. of the creative being backed into the strategy. So that's yeah. not ideal, but it does happen. And you yeah. just got to learn how to pivot. It's fair. It's fair. I was always curious the role of strategy. Um, like once the brief is made and it's handed off to your creatives, I, I was was curious 
to find out, well, what's the role of a strategist then? But I've learned that and through talking with people and seeing it is that a strategist needs to stay a part of the process the entire way through until execution to make sure it's on strategy on brand you're saying the right thing messaging is still there so it's you don't walk away once you you hand the brief or the presentation or whatever you want to call it you got to be there every step of the way yes no definitely you it's always good to have a strategist from the beginning until the end of the project mm-hmm. when everything's been sent out and the deliverables are finished mm-hmm. so yeah making sure that like if questions come up if we're like oh we have the overall idea that we're going for but we just have a few little nuggets that we kind of want to dig into a little deeper mm-hmm. can you find some research some insights that are going to help back this up and support what we're thinking about so yeah mm-hmm. no it's definitely important to keep us in the loop from beginning to end yeah 100 percent um, tell me about Tracy Locke. Uh, you're my first guest from Tracy Locke. So uh, give us a rundown. I, where are the offices at? Where are you located at? Um, how many people work there in your strategy department? Yeah, so we definitely um, are just kind of close knit, even though our agency Mm -hmm. has uh, three different offices. So we have our Dallas office, then we have our Chicago office, and then we have our Connecticut office. (laughs) Yes, Chicago. Uh, And we have our Connecticut office in Wilton. Um, And so uh, we just are completely just like integrated. We work virtually and in person now. And so we have a hybrid model going Mm -hmm. on. And so we are super happy with the way that we work together. And we're Mm -hmm. able to get so much more done with people in so many different areas because we get different perspectives and just it's just so nice to be able to collaborate with so many different people across the nation. And so, yeah, um, about maybe like four, five hundred people across the offices. And then our Dallas office is the biggest, I think around like 200 or so. So, yeah, um, we have a ton of part of Omnicom. Yes, yes. Okay. So, oh my gosh, like when I learned about the parent companies that were oh, holding yeah, all these companies, agencies, yeah, yes, yeah. it was a lot. I was like, wow, what? There's so many. But yes, yeah. there's Omnicom, uh, mm-hmm. the parent group, and then mm-hmm. there's Omnicom Commerce Group, which holds all the commerce agencies. Sure. So, Tracy Locke is a commerce agency. What's that so, mean? Let's yeah. talk about that. Because yeah. I know creative agencies, I know media agencies, I know design, production. What is commerce? Yes. So commerce is basically just what you kind of think it is. Buying, just whether it's vir- virtual, like online, like you're shopping in your virtual cart or you're going into store. So it's all about shopper marketing. So we're learning about shopping behavior. So, hey, uh, we want to market this product and we want to target people who live in LA and go to Walmart. And we're like, yep. okay, cool. So how do we get people who live in LA? LA to buy this product and go to Walmart. So that's kind of like what I'm doing is trying to figure out exactly like how do I get these people in store and what is the most important thing to let them know at the point of purchase, making sure that when they're looking at the product, when they're in store, they know exactly what we're trying to communicate and that gets them to buy. So yeah, commerce is just all about purchasing behavior and making sure we know exactly what the consumer needs and being able to provide that for them. Yeah, that makes a lot that, that great explanation. That was really good. Yeah. Um, great. What else do you do? I mean, there's a lot on your plate right now. So we learned a little bit about your role as a strategist at Tracy Locke. We know the size. We know where it's located. We know that um, a shopper. We just learned about that. But, I mean, what else does a day in your life look like, Kayla? <laughs> Yeah. So when I'm not working on clients at Tracy Lock during the day, like Pepsi and Godiva and Pizza Hut and all of those. I forgot to ask about that. So (laughs) sorry about that. What were were those clients again? 
Yeah. Uh, so at Tracy Lock, we have so many world-class clients. They're amazing. I love working on them, especially because I get exposed to so many mm -hmm. different types of brands. And that's one of the things I love about Tracy Lock is that exposure aspect. Mm -hmm. So I'm never bored and so good, and always good. busy. But yeah, Pizza Hut, um, Godiva and Pepsi are my main clients. But I've also touched Samsung. I've touched La Madeline. I've touched FedEx. I've touched Lego. There's just so many different brands that I've been on. And I love every second of it because I just get to learn so many new things and it's amazing nice. but yeah but um but yeah that's my day job so i also have another job yeah, um, yeah so side hustle so i think i started this around maybe a year and a half ago so you know people starting things during the pandemic and everything yep, yep. um so i am a freelance de and i consultant de and i's diversity equity and inclusion so really in the advertising industry um, and just in corporate America and just America in general, things really started to ramp up after the murder of George Floyd in the summer of 2020. And people, I think, finally started to realize now again, don't know why you had to have that happen for people to realize that. Right. This is something that's necessary and needed. But yeah, companies, schools, any institution you could think of started ramping up their DEI efforts and making sure that they were making uh, an inclusive workplace for their employees, as well as making inclusive programming, advertising products um, for as many people as possible. So when I was in, I was in grad school at the time when I was mm -hmm. thinking about all of this and getting my master's in advertising. And I was thinking, you know what? I'm seeing a lot of DE&I initiatives and it's great that like we're having this push and like there's a lot of things happening, but also at the same time, like it's almost being put on the back burner even still. And it's something that, you know, it's not made a priority. It's not a main business objective for a lot of people. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, if we want something meaningful to happen, if we want positive social change to actually mm -hmm. occur, this can't just be something that's put on the side and it's a volunteer basis thing. People need to be paid for mm -hmm. this work. People need to be given the resources to be able to do this work because mm -hmm. it's hard work and it's not going to be something you can fix in a snap. This has been something that's been going on for centuries, honestly. Mm -hmm. And we can't just, you know, kind of be like, oh, I'm just going to hire a chief diversity officer and we'll go from there. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not something that is going to fix all the social problems that we have and all the implicit biases that we all have. Right. So making sure that all of these things are kind of built into a framework at the beginning as something I really, really strive for. So during grad school, I had a capstone project where I created a sustainable business model for DE&I communications to okay. have these things kind of be pushed from the beginning to the very end. So like, this is how you do it from the beginning when you're kind of getting people together, trying to figure out who you're gonna target, who do you inform, who are the decision makers? And then from the very end of just advocating, advocating for more people, advocating for more women, um, more black people, more Asian people, mm -hmm. more Hispanic and Latinx people, and people with disabilities, the LGBTQIA community, anyone from all of these backgrounds need to be included in these decisions. Cause if mm -hmm. you're marketing to these audiences, and you don't see anyone who looks like you, then how are you gonna stay relevant? How mm -hmm. are you gonna stay relatable? And so I created that for my capstone project and then realized, you know what, I could do this on the side. So I decided to, you know, market myself as a freelance consultant for DEI, where I help clients uh, bake in DEI from the very beginning, creating that foundation and making sure that this isn't just something that they sprinkle on mm -hmm. after everything is over. So that's yeah. what I've been doing and working with clients, and it's been really fun and rewarding. Wow. That is so impressive. And it's so impressive. So 
What was that like to, because I actually also pitched a podcast for my capstone project and when I was a senior in college, and then I made that a reality. So what was from the idea when you, when you had this presentation, this capstone project, what motivated you to say, okay, I can do this. Let's just, I have the idea down. It's time to do it. And then take us from there. How has it grown since that when you first pitched it maybe in, in a classroom? Yeah. So um, I was a teaching assistant at the time when I was a grad student because, mm. you know, we got to make money <laughs> during the time I'm in school. But yeah, um, so I was having a lot of FaceTime with a lot of professors um, mm. who also worked at agencies as well um, in their free time when they weren't teaching. And so I kind of just talked to them and I was like, hey, you know, like there's a need for this. And I'm just wondering to want to get your POV on this. How mm -hmm. do you feel about it? Do you think you could use this at this, uh, this at your agency? And could this be beneficial to you? You. Right. All of them were super excited. They were like, we haven't seen this before. This is something mm -hmm. we really want to do. And yes, we would love for this to be something that's in the industry. And I'm like, oh, good. So nice. kind of getting that feedback from my mm -hmm. professors right. and even having some of my professors send out my framework to other advertisers and strategists across the nation also right. helped because I, I got feedback from them. I'm like, this is amazing. We love this. So I think that's what gave me the push is that besides the fact that I saw a need, other people saw a need as well. Of course. That pushed me to be able to do that. There's no denying there's a need. I mean, yeah. it's a, it, it's absolutely needed. So, um, I mean, what, what, so what did you pitch then, uh, when you first got your first client, let's, let's say, what, what did you say you can do and how do you help them with the process? You said from start to finish, not just so it's sprinkled on this D, yeah. E, and I effort. So what, what are you, what are you selling them? What are you, what are you doing with them? So yeah, so whenever I'm just like networking on like LinkedIn or something or whatever, and like people see my website, people see what mm -hmm. I've been Which doing. Which is fantastic, by the way. The strategic, oh. uh, the strategic agent. change change agent. Sorry, I can't talk. The strategic change agent is a fantastic website. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I put a lot of work into it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, just like when people contact me and they're just asking me and just kind of just getting an inquiry of like, what do you do? Like, what is this? Like, mm -hmm. how, how does this work? And it's just, it's not really that much different from my strategy job, honestly. It's DEI sure. strategy mm -hmm. because you're coming up with a framework from the very beginning to make sure that you're not missing anything that could unintentionally and sometimes intentionally right. exclude people. And so I would be like, oh, yeah, so you have a business or you have a project that's coming up and maybe you're just thinking of like one particular audience that you're going after, which is okay. great. But is this the only audience you can go after? And if this isn't the only audience you can go after and you're just focusing on this one, mm -hmm. are you unintentionally excluding them based on the social cues you might have in the project and the commercials? and the programming that you're having. So like, these are things that I'm looking for. Like I'm keeping an open mind. I'm trying to look at every possible angle of, of how this can be taken because in the age of social media and canceling and cancellation, mm -hmm. all that stuff. And it's just like, there's so many different ways that someone could take offense to something. And mm -hmm. although you can't please everyone, it's a good idea to have more eyes on a project, on a business objective, and making sure that you're not missing anything or excluding anyone. So that's what I sell to all of my clients. I'm like, hey, I'm just your extra set of eyes to make sure that you know exactly what you need to do and you can do it well, mm -hmm. while also including all of those growth opportunities. Oh, that that is that is really valuable. I mean, there's no doubt. Um, but wouldn't in an ideal world, all these companies that are are hiring you, wouldn't they, shouldn't they have somebody of, re of equal representation, like, you know, in those meeting rooms at all times? So that would be my, my one question to follow up with that. 
Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Like there, it's amazing to be able to help these clients and making sure that DE&I is being pushed forward and we're making sure that we're helping people and also making them feel valued and feel included. But also at the same time, there's only so much you can do if mm -hmm. it's just one person making all of those decisions. I'm just one person and I have my own unique perspective from how I view the world. That's not the same as some other person who's older, a mm -hmm. different ethnicity that I am, has lived in a different part of the world. Mm -hmm. That's why DE&I is so important internally as well as externally. Right. Because again, if you're marketing to someone who doesn't look like you and you can't relate to their story and their background, then how are you gonna be able to sell them a product? So that's 100%. why- that's why having people of various backgrounds with all these perspectives who are able to catch those certain nuances that you may have not ca uh, caught before 100%. is so important. So I think that's the main thing is that there's so much nuance now that mm -hmm. you have to be cognizant of and you can't just have just two people who look the same in the room trying to make that a reality. You have to make sure that there are other people around you helping making you the, uh, make uh, those decisions. I was at um, Chicago ad federations uh young professional conference conference and there was a, a diversity panel and they mentioned like go to like whatever your is whether it's an agency or apple or whatever it is mm -hmm. make sure you're checking out not just diversity on like entry level because a lot of companies are you know they're making strides at entry level but go and look at their senior vps Mm -hmm. Go look at the look at those profiles, and you'll it'll shed a lot of light on to diversity and upper management. Yeah, no, I definitely agree, and I I'm always telling this to my clients, and even to um, just my team at Tracy Locke is that DE and I is usually siloed to HR. That's one problem that we kind of need to fix, and it's not just a recruitment problem that only one department needs to be involved in. It's a creative problem. It's a strategic mm. problem. It's a media problem. It's everyone's issue to help and try and solve. And then also a lot of DEI positions are siloed to the C-suite or executive level, chief diversity officer, mm. uh, VP of DEI. All of them are just at that high level. And mm. you're missing so much when you kind of are just having it be just like at the top everything needs to be connected from the top down. People need to be doing this work in the weeds, doing all this from a junior level, from a mid-level, a senior level, director level. It can't just be one person's job. And I think that's one of the reasons that DE&I, even though it has made strides, especially in the advertising industry, we still have a long way to go because we think only one certain type of person with this level of experience can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How did you... Um... I don't know. I, I'm just curious on this, on the, on your branding on all of this, and how you developed this name and your website. How did how did you come about all of this? Yeah. So, because um, and, and, and talk about perspectives. I'm sure. I mean, every company probably would want probably wants your perspective on this um, and, and most projects. So you've done such a great job and you add, add such value. So what was that process like in the beginning? Yeah, so um, when I first first thought of the idea of branding myself as the strategic change agent, um, it actually came from one of my uh, former managers. So I, in the height of the pandemic, um, I happened to get a virtual internship. I'm so mm -hmm. grateful that I had it because I was able to uh, get my foot in the door in strategy. I was an experienced strategy intern. Oh, and is this so, your break-in story here? 
it is okay. <laughs> actually yes nice. uh so yeah um so after the pandemic um in uh well we're still currently in one yeah. but during 2020 when all those internships all those jobs were canceled oh, yeah. yeah everything kind of was going awry um actually in that february of 2020 i was an mpms the most promising multicultural uh program mm -hmm. um shout and out. it was yes shout out to all my mpms people mm -hmm. but yeah no we were in that together and that was right before everything shut down oh, and yeah. then I was so sad for all of my colleagues and my friends because they were like, I just got so many offers from the program and now all of them are canceling because of the pandemic. And I was like, Seriously, so it was so tough. <laughs> 2020 was the worst. It was. It sucks. Yes, I'm glad that it's not coming back. But yeah, yeah the it was just a lot. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like, am I going to be able to get an internship? Because I was still looking at the time. And so I just applied, spammed, honestly, went to LinkedIn, Indeed, and Glassdoor and all of that. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, like just anyone who has an internship for strategy, please have me and I will do my utmost best to uh, make myself a value to your company. Of and then I got um, the job, the internship uh, for strategy at the RAP agency. So mm -hmm. they have an Irving office um, here in uh, Texas. And so it was completely virtual. It was one of the best internships I ever had. I worked on a lot of financial clients and learned a lot about that process, about mortgages mm -hmm. and loans. Mm, uh, just my made, favorite. Yes, <laughs> very, very fun. Um, and just all of that. And so it was really amazing. And my manager, her name is Kyla Jones. Shout out to her. I love you so much. And you really kind of changed my whole perspective of how I view strategy. And so it's just something that I thought about. And I was like, I don't really know what I want to do in strategy because there's so many different types of strategy. There's commerce strategy, there's brand strategy, there's DEI strategy. Mm -hmm. There's just so much. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I loved DEI as well. So I didn't know how to couple it. And so my manager eventually was talking to me and she was like, like you're a change agent. Like you're the person who's trying to make a difference, a cultural difference, making sure that there's positive social change happening and you're trying to make an impact for the better and i was like oh i really like that idea and so i kind of ran with it and that's kind of how my branding that's now the coolest thing i've ever heard that, that, was the, <laughs> that was awesome that gave me a little bit of chills there it was really, oh, really? incredible yeah. <laughs> yeah that's how my branding came to be and now i've been wow. running with it ever since beautiful beautiful <laughs> so what else have you been doing so i see here that you're the co-chair of the black employee research and um, employee Resource group. Resource group. Sorry. Yes. That. At Omnicom, Omnicom Commerce Group. Yes. I had too much coffee before this. I was, <laughs> no, no speak. problem. Yeah. But no. Tell me about that. Yeah. So um, I found that job when I was still um, uh, fairly new um, at Tracy Locke because mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted to couple DE&I with my strategy job. And so I was like, you know what? How can I get involved? How can I make TL a really big name when it comes to DE&I and how mm -hmm. do I make sure that we're, we're we're building a recruitment pipeline for people of diverse backgrounds yep. uh, to come into our workplace and also just into the ad industry because of the course. ad industry is honestly bleeding a lot of people, especially people of color, people of different disabilities and all of that. And it's just, it's very sad to see because you're just like, we need you. We need your perspective. So how can we retain you? So DE&I, how to solve this problem. It's not just a recruitment problem problem. It's a retention problem. So I was making sure that I kept all that in mind and was asking around, like, how can I get involved? And so um, Alex Cuevas, who um, is the um, 
a senior um, HR director at Tracy Locke. I talked to her and she helps out with DE&I um, for Tracy Locke and for Omnicom Commerce Group and all those agencies that fall underneath it. So I talked to her and we hit it off and I was just like, you know what, I really want to get involved. And so she's like, hey, we have a position for you to be co-chair. Do you want to help out with leading initiatives for our ERG? And I was like, sure, this is great. So that's how I got the position. So now I lead um, a lot of the initiatives that we're doing, making sure that we um, are building a an inclusive and safe space mm -hmm. for all of the employees from these commerce agencies to come together and just be themselves to vent to laugh to cry to just do all of that and then researching potential collaborations with organizations and nonprofits to see how we can help kind of like bridge that gap of how to retain talent do you have like a moment activity activation event that you're most proud of that you've done so far it could be with anything i'm just curious uh, so right now, I can't really talk about anything specific right now, mm -hmm. but just overall, I just think me being able to bring the community of all of these different agencies together. I think that's what I'm really proud of because having all these different people feel like maybe they don't fit in, feel like they don't have the space to be able to say what they need to say or feel like they're being heard or valued. That's yeah. what I want the ERG to be, is to be that space for you to vent, to be able to talk, to be able to vent your frustrations and being able to kind of have that moment of, I see you. I see you, I hear you, and being able to have that community. Because at the end of the day, especially during the pandemic, we all need each other. We all need some type of community to be able to uplift us and allow us to keep going. And that's mm -hmm. what the ERG does. And I'm super happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard for entry level talent to be them, to be ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is so important. If you can create an atmosphere for people to just feel comfortable in their own skin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, be, be the true authentic self at work to pr produce better ideas. That is the goal, right? And it's easier said than done. So I applaud you for what you're doing. Um, and I, I, I think as I synthesize uh, and I understand your career story, it started back on this project, like right, maybe even before that, of course. But mm -hmm. to me, it's what I'm learning here is that you found something you're passionate, passionate about early on in school mm -hmm. and you figure out a way to intertwine um, you know, your day role into what you're passionate about, your your side brand, your your main brand. It's just all of this is working cohesively to create who you are, and it's driven by a passion that's mm -hmm. been working for you. And I recommend everybody listening is to you know whether you're a freshman or you're 35 looking to break into advertising, you know find out what you can bring to the table, what you're passionate about, and don't be afraid to mold that into your into your specific responsibilities of whatever job you're planning to get into because it makes you so much more valuable, so much more interesting, so much more helpful that people have to have to listen to you and they have to hire you eventually. Yeah, no, I totally agree 100%. And yes, um, backtracking just a little bit of like before, because obviously I was an undergrad before I was in grad school. Yeah, why um, did you go to why? And, and uh, we are, I, I am curious why you did choose your, to go master's degree. Was it because of 2020? 
what was your what was your motivation to go to master's in advertising? Yeah, so actually, I w had already planned to go to grad school before okay. the pandemic was even a thing. And so sure. um, both of my parents have MBAs. And so that kind nice. of pushed me to be like, you know what, I want to do something more, I feel like I can get a master's. And I just didn't know what but yeah, I was a freshman at Southern Methodist University pony great, up guys. <laughs> great, great ad school. Great. Ad yes. school. Tamerlan. Yeah, Tamerlan Advertising Institute. I didn't even know uh, for anyone who's listening entry level trying to break in. I didn't know advertising was a thing. I didn't know it was a job. I didn't know it was a career. I was just like, what the heck is this? When I found out about the my advertising major at SMU. And mm -hmm. so at first I was just going to be an English major because I love to write and I love to be able to craft stories, which is what I'm kind of doing now, just in a different way. Right. And so I was like, you know what? I want to be able to figure out how to have my creative brain, my right brain and my left brain, my analytical brain come All together. Yep. And so, yeah, I wanted to have that be something that I had in my career. And so I tried a marketing class, a business class at the Cox School of Business. Shout out to Cox School of Business. You are amazing. But the marketing class, I could not take it. I just, I just, it's not, it was just not me just because there was just so much logic to it and just a lot right. of just like numbers. And I was like, I can't just do this solely. I need some creativity coming in here yep. and so i was like oh um there's this advertising intro class let me take this see how it is mm -hmm. and uh what's interesting is our marketing class is in the cox school of business that's the marketing sure. major but then our advertising major is in our creative school, in our art school, the yep. Meadow School of the Arts. And yep. so I took that class. And I loved it so much. I was like, I want to get into this. How do I get into this? And so the Temelin Advertising Institute is where the advertising major is housed in the art school. And so you have to apply. Only 45 people get accepted every year. Mm -hmm. And there's three different tracks. So there was strategic brand management. There's digital media. And there's creative. So I applied to two of the tracks, strategy and digital media strategy and I did the digital media track. I got picked nice. for that. And so my first exposure to just media and strategy in general was just those classes. And it was mm -hmm. really kind of focused on media. And then kind of through my career, I was like, you know what? Media is great, but it's more tactical than I would like it to be. I kind of want to look at the overall picture mm -hmm. and see kind of like how these decisions come to be before I decide where this ad that has already been created goes. Yeah, media planning. Like, yeah, so I was in media uh, actually um, after the um uh, after I'd been in the program for a few years, I was in MAPE, the multicultural mm -hmm. advertising um multicultural advertising internship program in 2019 and I interned at Digitas in uh, Boston. So I was in nice. Boston for three months and I was a media uh, media planner. So I was mm -hmm. doing a lot with SEO, SEM, doing a lot of just, you know, uh, a lot of Google, Google Analytics, Google AdWords, sure. all these certifications and stuff. It's, a, it's really important yeah. stuff. Yeah, no, it is. It's definitely good to have that background. And so I was thinking about it and it definitely helped me realize that like, even though media is great, I really want to look at the big picture and that's what strategy overall mm -hmm. does. So then after I came back, I was like, you know what? I feel like I can learn more from my school and being able to kind of have all this knowledge and just soak up as much as possible. So I took the accelerated version of my graduate uh, degree where I got my master's and my bachelor's um, in five years. So I was able nice. to- Yes, so I was able to take grad school classes while in undergrad. So it was really fun and I was able to learn so much and that really got me pumped about getting into my career. And then that's what led to my capstone project and then mm -hmm. led to me getting my first job in advertising, so. I love it, I love it. You work hard, there's no doubt about that. What <laughs> other, I mean, 
besides working hard and finding your passions and stuff we've talked about here, but really I want to give you the mic right now is to, I want to give you the mic. What advice do you have? I, I want you to take it away here uh, for those that are looking to break in advertising and you can speak to however you want. I mean, I'm going to just get a, I'm going to give it to you here. Yeah. So definitely right now is a time of change. It's mm -hmm. always been time of change, but especially now these past three years, it, there's just been so many things happening. And I don't know if anyone's seen these memes on Twitter talking about, I'm tired of living in a huge, like, uh, like event happening every single day. Like oh, it's like the big. history. <laughs> I'm tired of li living through all these historical events. events like, yes. Yeah. Like in textbooks and they like some, uh, there's a kid like highlighting like, the 2022 sections. So it's like, it's going crazy. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, I like, I completely understand. I agree wholeheartedly. I'm like, can we go one day or one month without something happening? So I totally right. get it. But even with this time of change and a lot of things happening, and maybe you kind of getting out of your comfort zone, it's all for the better. Because even though the pandemic has done so much and taken a lot away from us, it's also given us a lot to think about 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 how we question things about like, oh, like are our current institutions and infrastructures really working for us? Probably not. We need to fix this. And so I, I'm grateful that there have been so many social inequities being brought to light because of this. And I just would I I would love to be able to have kind of just like an overall like idea of like, what are we going to do about it? Like now we know this is, exists or we know that it's existed for a while and we need to fix it now. What do we do about it? So I guess I just would say that like, even though change is scary, it's necessary because what we just, what we do in our daily lives when it comes to all these challenges and obstacles is what's going to define us. We have to be able to be proactive, but also at the same time, whenever things do come at us that we're not expecting, we need to be able to react in the appropriate way. So what we avoid pursues us, but also what we face transforms us. Wow. <laughs> so, so well said. You're very articulate. You're very, you're very good at this. So I love it. Um, Anything else that you wanted to get out to the people that, you know, maybe before you came on that you were thinking about? Yeah. Um, just for the people, like, I mean, this could be for anyone, but especially, especially entry-level talent. Um, mm -hmm. I know that it seems scary right now and you might feel like you need to take the first job that pops up, but honestly, Don't. yes, do not. <laughs> like, it's like, it honestly right now is an employee's market. Like yes. they want you, they want you and they mm -hmm. want to make sure that they're getting talent and make sure that they're getting the best talent. And so it's really competitive out there. And obviously um, the great reevaluation that's happening right now, mm -hmm. people who have been in jobs for 20 years. Resignation. Yeah. The, yeah. Right, yeah. 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 Yeah, people Seriously. are calling it the resignation, but it's also a reevaluation of what do you like? What like what is something that you're passionate about and also is going to help you grow? And so yeah. take your time. Yeah. People are hiring right now. I'm not sure what that will look like in the future, but mm -hmm. it wasn't like 2020 when we graduated. That was not the worst. No. Um, <laughs> no. It's looking good right now. So be choosy. Yeah. Do what you love. Don't, yes. Don't settle. Yep. Your time, you know. Everything is negotiable. That's another thing I would say. Everything is negotiable. So yes. don't feel like you can't negotiate because you're entry level. This is something yep. that you always can do regardless of what position you're applying for. And when you're negotiating, I think this is really important is to 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 not don't take a position 
I don't, I, I, I want to get this out of here because I've been reading. It's like, don't take a position necessarily. Don't say I need $60,000. That's a position because then you are building around that number. Really talk about your interests. Like I'm interested in moving here. I'm interesting, interested in furthering my education. I'm interested in this role. If you talk about overall interests first and saying, how can we work together to meet these interests and these goals? Mm-hmm. That's a better way to negotiate than saying, I need this number. Yep. Dictate or leave it. So look for creative solutions, find objective standards too. Um, look up the industry salary standards for the role. So having a third neutral party perspective that's confirmed to rely on. So it takes you and the other person out of the argument. That's important to have too. But we can do a whole episode of negotiation. Oh yeah, of course. And then one last tidbit I wanted to leave you guys with is establishing boundaries early on is so important. It oh, I, I struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah, whatever age you're at, what position level experience you have, it is so important because the earlier you start making those boundaries, the easier it is to say, no, I don't have the capacity or the bandwidth for this right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can we figure out a way to have this be given to somebody else or just saying, oh, yeah, I can do this, but I need to do it on my terms. Make sure that you have those boundaries, because if you don't establish them early on, it's going to be difficult to say no, difficult to have those specific um, like yeah. kind of like regulations and rules around you to make sure your mental health is okay, that you're okay and you're growing how you need to be yeah. um, later on in life. Yeah, I sucked at that. I was always, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll work hard. But then I like got tired and I resented every myself and people. So just set those early. I love that. Okay, Kayla, this has been great. I have no more questions. I know that you have amazing resources listed up. So we're going to hint at that now. It's our teaser here to see the resources that you recommend, which are great. You have to go to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod, all one word at breaking and entering pod. I'll have those listed in the in the bio there. But Kayla, thank you so much. You're so well articulated and just so wise for your age. I mean, um, we're the same age and you you blow me out of the water. You, you, <laughs> you, you impress me so much. So I appreciate you coming on and and enlightening all of us. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Those are glowing compliments. Thank you so much. But yeah, I'm excited to be here. And Mm -hmm. I'm always here as a resource for anyone who wants to reach out. Yep. And your LinkedIn is preferred or email because I'll put that in in the Instagram as well. My LinkedIn. Yes. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So only the people that listen at the end. (laughs) Yes. They get the treat. Cool. All right, Kayla, thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you. You too. Did you hear anything on this episode about a job you'd like to have someday soon in advertising, strategy, design, the kind of job where you use your brain and your creativity? If you did, chances are a portfolio can really help you get that job. That's where Chicago Portfolio School comes in. They have programs and classes that help you show off your thinking and get you the job you want. So visit them at chicagoportfolio.com. And if you drop my name, Gino, into the chat box, they'll send you more info and a cool Sharpie or just some more info. You can decide that. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you liked what you listened to today and you like the guests, please go ahead and connect with them. Easiest way to find their contact information and to see those resources that they recommended for you is to go to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod, all one word. 
And for some quick thank yous for making this show possible, the first one is the company Sure. It's a microphone company, S-H-U-R-E. They provided the microphone that you're listening to right now. It's the MV7. It's great for podcasting and other forms of content. So if you're interested in starting a podcast or you're looking for equipment, talk talk with me. I really recommend the Sure MV7. Happy to give you details on that. And I would also like to thank my two guys, Mikey Malarkey, who's our audio engineer, does it every week. He's the let's kick it in the beginning. Thank you to Mikey. And, of course, thank you to Buchan Zhang, our creative director. Buchan is responsible for amazing visuals on our Instagram, so thank you, Buchan. And thank you all once more for listening. We will see you next week.